All right, guys, welcome back to the Airgun Podcast. Sorry I've been gone for so long. Today on the Airgun Podcast, I am joined by my friend Rick, who is a man of many talents. And uh, we're going to let Rick introduce himself, and we'll get into how Rick and I met over the internet. And I know you're not supposed to do that kind of thing, but we did it anyway because uh, we can do that. But anyway, Rick, tell us about yourself and uh, where can we start to follow you uh, along your journey in life? Uh, Instagram pages, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Where can we find you? Sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, and you can find me. My username is Mr. Turbo 458 and I'm on YouTube and Instagram. I don't really do the Facebook thing, but I just like to create crazy things and you can see some of the creations on my pages. So if you want to go ahead and check that out. So Rick, we'll talk a little bit about how we met so people can be inspired to meet other people on the internet in safe ways. But, uh, sure. <laughs> so first of all, I'll just, I'll give a little background. So I posted a picture, um, because I was getting ready to kind of go through the process of having a aftermarket adapter made for my 22 cal Diana storm rider so that I could fit a silencer on the end or a suppressor. I know people get weirded out. Like it's not a silencer, <laughs> but also <They're> moderator. <laughs> suppressor, moderator, silencer, whatever you want to call it. I was getting ready to get an adapter custom made to fit on there. And then I saw this weird comment on my video or my, my picture. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then the person messaged me and was like, Hey, if you ever need work done or on your air guns, let me know. I, I work on air guns and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well that's kind of weird for a stranger to just be offering that. And also I uh, don't trust you. Um, <laughs> but then I started looking at the page and I was seeing cool things like drifting trikes, um, mini bikes, and just these amazing creations. And then I started to get interested and I looked at some other stuff and then he sent me a couple YouTube videos after I inquired about his services and his location uh, found out he was, you know, only about 30 minutes away from me. So that's kind of how we started things off. Uh, but I'll, I'll let Rick take over and, and say how we officially met from there. Yeah. So you drove up to meet me at the shop there where I work and kind of, it's, it's kind of the mad scientist workshop. I'll put it that way. But, um, on the way there, my truck actually broke down and it was a fuel line that popped off or something. And, uh, I messaged Taylor here on Instagram and I said, can you call me? And so long story short, he ended up, uh, towing my giant truck off the road with his cute little, uh, <laughs> Nissan Pathfinder. So, um, that was the collector's our, item. Yeah. That was our, uh, our meeting was, Oh, here, back up. Let me hook up a tow strap to your car. <laughs> so I felt kind of bad, but at the same time, it was pretty awesome that that we were in the same place at the right time and everything worked out for the better. And plus, we got your uh, your Stormrider decked out a little bit, so I guess it all worked out in the end. Yeah, dude, it was it was perfect. So oh yeah, and so we just went into the shop. He showed me around. We worked on some cool stuff, machined an adapter for the Stormrider. Uh, oh yeah. We uh, recrowned the barrel, fixed some little imperfections on there. So anyway, if you guys need work done on your air guns, this guy knows what he's doing. 
let's just go to a little bit about yourself, Rick. Uh, we're going to go with three fun facts first, uh, just so the, the, the audience gets to know you a little bit. So in three words, describe yourself. Oh, boy. That's two. That's kind of hard to describe myself in three words. Let's see here. Fun, creative, and skilled, I guess, is what I would pick. Not to float my own boat, but... Perfect. Hey, you got to be honest, man. I would uh, I would confirm that. I've had a cool. couple outings with you so far. <laughs> um, all right. And then what was your very first air gun, Rick? Oh, boy. Uh, I think it was a... Not a Daisy Red Rider. I can't remember the actual model of it, but I actually still have it. It's the lever action Daisy BB gun with where, you know, you uh, flip up the trap door by the muzzle and pour the BBs yes. in. Yeah, my uh, dad bought me one when I was five or six, I think. So <laughs> I don't think they'll ever go away, man. It's It's just a classic. Probably not. I hope they don't. They're fun, too, especially with, with younger kids and, you know, you want them to get into shooting, but not have anything that's too dangerous. Yeah, risky for them to be popping off with. <laughs> you don't want to hand them a don't hand them a bulldog or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have some dead uh, neighbor cats and things like that. Yep. But, uh, so, what would be your go-to air gun and why? Well, it depends on the purpose for the gun. Obviously, this could be a loaded question, but right now my go-to gun would probably be the Marauder that I just put together, which is a 257 slug shooter um, primarily because it's the only gun that's together and functioning, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just really familiar with ma- um, Marauders and anything Crossman I'm really good with because that's what I've grown up working on. So I would tend to gravitate more towards the Crossman guns. So tell us a little bit about that 257 Tell us how it, how it came to be, this 257 slug shooting Marauder. So I picked up a 30 caliber Marauder that was converted. I'm not sure who did the conversion on it, but it was actually done pretty well. And it was making semi-decent power. I think I was in the, I don't know what foot-pound range, but it was doing like 700 feet per second around there, uh, mid-700s. But So I took that gun and decided to bottle it, and I found a used... Uh, Terex chassis for it, which is an aluminum chassis that the Marauder fits into. And being a Gen 1, I'm kind of limited as far as parts to buy for it. So it was pretty fortunate I found that chassis, but I just put the gun together and made a bottle block adapter, um, machine that out of some aluminum. And some of the parts that are available commercially for the Marauder, I just wasn't happy with. And then the customer service on the flip side of that, I just wasn't impressed with it. So I decided to make my own parts and modify it how I wanted to. And it's just kind of morphed into a 257. I've always been very interested in that caliber, even the 257 Roberts powder burning cartridge. So um, it's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time now. And I finally just got all the parts and the money and everything to put it together. So, And what, what kind of ammo are you shooting out of it? Um, so far, I've tried Nielsen specialty ammo, the 75 grain uh, hollow point bow tail slugs and the 80 grain I believe is what I've tried and it seems to like the 75 is a little bit better uh, from what I can tell I just took it out prairie dog hunting so I haven't really gotten it on paper at long range but 
I was taking Prairie Dogs at 150 yards with it fairly easily. The wind and the arc of the bullet or the slug is pretty extreme, as you might imagine. So it's a little bit difficult to get shots that accurate, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. Practicing with air rifles definitely makes you a, a better marksman for sure. What would be your, your primary role or application with that air rifle and then kind of just air rifles or air guns in general? I like to modify them. It's, they're fun to shoot and they're fun to tune, but what I find most enjoyable is being able to take the mechanism apart and change any given variable. Um, as, as little as a spring tension change can cause X amount of feet per second change plus or minus. Like it's very mechanical, I guess. It's just neat. I don't know. There's no other way to describe it. It's just a cool thing for me. So I like shooting things with them too. <laughs> would you say your primary role besides tuning them and modifying them would be hunting or pesting applications? Yeah, if I can. Uh, I don't get out a whole lot to do that type of thing, but absolutely. But when you do, this is true i bring you that's true (laughs) yeah guys we had this sweet setup so we we planned to go shoot some prairie dogs and then we were thinking how can we better have a setup out the back of the truck (laughs) and i was like hey what if you just turned your truck into a blind and he was like yeah it's a cool idea and then like the next day he sent me a picture of this pvc like (laughs) frame that he rigged up on the back of his truck in the bed and then the freaking like camo netting to go over it and he was like cool you ready to go shoot prairie dogs this saturday and i was like dude freaking (laughs) count me in so anyway rick is a go-getter i'll tell you that so when when he has an idea he makes it come into action or if i have a good idea which is rare he will also make it come into action but uh, i try so air guns shooting them for pest control modifying them that's kind of your your gig uh, and if you guys go check out his Instagram page, you'll see all other kinds of machines and things that he's built uh, and welded and just they're, they're freaking sweet. And we kind of touched, you know, you, you like the, the modifying aspect of air guns, but so far what's been something that has stood out to you or kind of captured you and gotten you into this? So probably the first thing that got me into it was uh, back in the day, I wasn't even old enough to order air gun parts online by myself. Like I had to get my parents to order stuff for me and I would just, I was using a hand drill and a Dremel tool. Dremel tool was like a milling machine to me uh, back then. (laughs) So I just got on, I think it was the Crossman air gun forum. It's the green forum. If any of you are on that, Uh, it's been a long time since I've been on there, probably at least 15 years, I would say. And back in the day, we were just figuring out how to push the limits and 800 feet per second out of a 2250 was blazing fast. And now it's, it's not unheard of to get, you know, over a thousand out of them. So it was pretty fun back then. So that's kind of one of the, it's kind of like the race for, for the power out of these guns that are just cheap budget air guns that anyone Mm -hmm. can go buy at Walmart, you know, and I, I probably destroyed 15 of those stupid 2240s just trying to port <laughs> the valve. <laughs> so it's it's the challenge, I guess, in in short, is what I, what I like about them. And that's what got me into them. Because 
I mean, let's face it, anyone out there, I, I'm pretty sure you could grab a five-year-old and, and show them a picture of an AR-15 or something like that, and they could assemble it. It's, anyone can do that, whereas not a, anyone can design a valve for an air gun and machine it and make it into a, a device that can create more power. Like it's, there's just something to be said for that. Yeah, I totally feel you there. I think it was uh, Steve from AEAC uh, the hooked on air is his Instagram channel. Okay. Um, but he, he was saying air guns are just far more interesting than firearms and he's former uh, law enforcement. So he, he dealt with them before but th- I, that's the thing that interested me so much as well. Like I was never, I was never into firearms. Like, oh, I'm going shooting this weekend. <laughs> but I had shot guns before; they were cool. But yeah, I know ne- I was like, once I started learning about air guns and the different types and things like that, it just blew my mind at how complex they could be and then how tunable they were, as opposed to, you know, a firearm. You can you can change very little, you know, about the firearm. But compared to an air gun, it, it's just insane how much you can change it up. Like you were saying, just change in hammer spring tension or, you know, something small can have a huge effect and then you can basically just customize it to whatever your needs are for the, for the weapon. So that, that brings us to another interesting point, another aspect of you modifying these air guns. So you have made your own 50 cal air rifle. Yep. Uh, so why don't you tell us about that process? And I don't know if you want to give away any trade secrets. <laughs> so let, let's hear about that bad boy. Yeah, there's not really any trade secrets, so to speak. Well, there's probably a couple things. but So one day I was looking at, it was one of the Airgun Supply websites, probably like Airgun, Airgun Depot or something like that. And I saw the Evonix or Evonix. I don't know how you say it. I think it's Evonix. But I saw their sniper... 50 caliber and I was like that thing is the coolest air gun I've ever seen like you know it's just one off crazy sniper stock fully adjustable like magazine fed and I was just all about that gun and I was like I'm gonna buy that but then I got to thinking about it and um, I was just like maybe I can build this so there's actually a guy on YouTube his name is Gregor uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's something like Kamensek or something like that. Um, he's in Slovenia, I think. My native land. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. No, I was just I was <laughs> born in Colorado. Oh, so was I. But <laughs> so I kind of started emailing with him, and he really knows his stuff. He's he was like, you would need this size transfer port for this power and this length barrel, like the guy is just, I think, I believe he's an engineer is what he does for a living. And have you heard of the RTI priest, the air gun that came out recently? Yes. Yes. I was seeing that at the, in the shot show stuff on YouTube. He actually helped co-design that for that company. And it comes out of, that's out of Slovenia, right? Cause I think it's out of the same country he's in. It's, yeah. Something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it's, yeah, some European yeah. country. So he kind of was coaching me on it, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just buy the the Sniper 50 Cal. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, he goes, you should try building one. And I was like, okay. So he was really a huge inspiration and taught me a lot about tuning. Uh, one thing I noticed is a lot of the guys that are really good at tuning and building air guns, um, a lot of them are 
you know, they're not mean guys, but a lot of them don't want to explain things very well to you. You know, I guess if they're getting paid to tune that I could see that, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, once their generation passes on, some of them are, you know, in their fifties or older where, you know, how does the younger generation fill that gap? Who are they teaching to take over that trade essentially? So I try and tell people as much as I can about what I know so that they can have the skills to do what they want with air guns. So that's why, you know, I saw you were local and, you know, you had a problem and I could create that solution where I can continue your love for air guns. You know, if, if your gun doesn't work right, then eventually you might get fed up with it and just, you know, try and buy a really expensive gun where you don't have enough money to shoot it after you buy it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you might, you might give up on the sport altogether because it's just, you know, it's not the right gun or you just want something different on it. And that's why I kind of reached out. It was, I just felt like I needed to help you. I don't know why, <laughs> but I, I just enjoy working on them and sometimes I get bored working on, on my own projects. So it's always good to work on somebody else's for once, but <laughs> dude, <laughs> Hey, I can't thank you enough for working yeah. on it. And it's crazy too, just to see, I mean, I, I haven't had a whole bunch of experience with different like optics or ranges or things like that. You know, it, it like you mentioned, it, it, it can be a little expensive to start, uh, in the air gun world, especially in the world of PCPs, um, just because the the things that you need with it, you know, high pressure hand pump or high pressure air compressor or, or the, you know, the scuba tanks, you know, things to refill and, you, you know, your optics, whatever you're going with for that. But uh, just just from the probably three years of shooting my Storm Rider to the past couple months of shooting it, since you just did some pretty minor adjustments to it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how how accurate it is compared to what it was, you know, out from the factory. So we got a fifty cal air rifle. So oh, yeah. Obviously, you, you you have a good understanding of what needs to be done to be able to create a a beast like that. So for people who who uh, don't know about air guns, being able to first of all reach that caliber, second of all, b- being able to be used for legitimate hunting purposes for big game what would you say to someone who isn't quite sure about air guns as a means of of hunting um, whether it's small medium or or big game um i actually get it a lot because i do work at a gun shop is one of my professions um i guess you can call it a profession it's more of a job i guess but (laughs) a man of many talents guys i said oh yeah Uh, but I, you know, I tell people at the shop a lot, you know, they're picking up high caliber rifles or something and I tell them, Oh, I'm into air guns. And they kind of look at me like I'm crazy. And it's like, they don't, I I think there's a, and you and I were talking about this. I really think there's a big disconnect. People hear the word air gun and they think, you know, pellet rifle and even pellet rifles, you know, some people are like, they don't get that. Even just a regular pump up pellet rifle could could hurt a person i like there's some people that i've known that have shot another person with like a pellet gun and they're they're really surprised that it did damage it's like duh you know yeah, it's just like a, a slower traveling smaller bullet 
Yeah, I mean, some of those are on the same power levels of 22 with the lighter pellet and stuff. And there's just that disconnect of they think it's some kind of BB gun or a toy, and it's it's a completely different world right now. You know, some of these air guns are taking down deer. Um, I think you even posted a picture on your page. Was it a it was a African big game animal? I don't remember what it was. Well, yeah, I think I think it was a, a kudu. No, it was it was bigger than that. Oh man, it was big. It it, it was like a fifteen hundred pound, like deer like creature. I, I can't remember it. I sound like an ignorant American now. In a I know what a kudu maybe. is, but it, it wasn't the kudu. Um, but yeah, man. It, I mean, what whatever that thing was, I can't remember what it's called. These things are cranking out serious foot pounds, especially like the Air Force Texans. You know, they're just putting out crazy power, and there's still just a disconnect. Even if you try and explain it to people. You know, they just don't want to hear it. It's like, oh, my 30-06 or my 308 or whatever. And sure, they are power. They're more powerful. But well, for being propelled by 3,000 PSI of air, you know, air pressure, compressed air, comparative to your 70,000 PSI created out of a cartridge, yeah, it's going to be more powerful. But the, the fact is that you can make that much power with that low of a pressure, you know, relatively to a powder burner. Hopefully... You know, people are responsible with these pre-charged pneumatic big bores. And, you know, hopefully we get to maintain the privilege of having them without licensing, et cetera. They're pretty serious guns. I mean, when you really think yeah, about they, it. Yeah, they really are. So I, I've mentioned in previous episodes on the podcast about the UK has like laws and a lot of other uh, European countries have laws about sub 12 foot pound guns. And if you get any, you know, uh, these are pellet guns. If you get a pellet gun, you know, or an air rifle that's over 12 foot pounds, I think you have to have like a, a firearms license in a lot of those countries and places over there. And those are just differences in laws, but also that that's just a recognition of like, these are serious weapons, you know, they can cause death if they're used, in, you know, inappropriately. So well, yeah. definitely if, if you're someone listening to this and you're wanting to get into air guns or pre-charged pneumatic air rifles specifically or high powered air rifles, just understand that even though there isn't a license here in the U.S. to, to be able to purchase them and use them, uh, that they are the real deal. They're, they're, you treat them just like a firearm oh, yeah. in terms of their... You know, with all the talk about regular gun control, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody realizes that these air guns are this powerful. And all it takes is one idiot to ruin it for everyone else, like every other issue so that's why i try and communicate that with people that be responsible keep the sport going and just enjoy it and hopefully you know no one infringes on that right to own an air gun because i would be upset i'd be more upset if they took air guns away than if they took firearms away which is saying a lot (laughs) yeah you know i i i would i would be in that same boat which to someone who doesn't have any experience with air guns, that probably sounds like a really stupid thing to say, but wow. um, they're just so much more versatile than firearms, you know? And it isn't to say that air rifles are better than firearms. They're, they're two different tools, you know? Absolutely. If you want to shoot a elk at a thousand yards, you're going to need a firearm. But if you want a challenge and you, you want to be much, much quieter, but, and you still want to take an elk at a hundred yards, you can probably check out a, Air Force Texan in 45. Depending and, on uh, depending on your state laws, obviously. Right, yeah. So obviously so there 
that's another uh, thing that has kind of been in the works. I know there's some big game hunting with air guns. Uh, there's some advocates for that and a, a nonprofit that just popped up that I'd not heard of until pretty recently, but they are trying to educate just each state on like the capabilities of air guns in terms of big game hunting so that it's uh, more widely available to, to people and in different states. Most places have like small game hunting for air rifles, but uh, when it comes to like big game and things like that, that definitely is a much, much smaller demographic for air rifles, but we got people and organizations working on that. So check those out. If you find some resources like that for our listeners, go support those and spread the word because these things are sweet, man. They're a blast. No pun intended. But what aspect of air guns has most surprised you in recent years? That power, accuracy, looks, the availability of them, how popular they're becoming? Probably that there seems to be an air gun option for everybody. So, you know, if you want to spend $10,000 on an air rifle and have the best, you can do that. If you want to spend $50 on an air gun and just plink around, you can do that. So there's a lot wider of a range. Like before you had, you know, your cheapy Walmart guns and you had competition mm-hmm. guns not much was between it. And I think a lot of the manufacturers have filled that gap. Now you can get a, a Marauder is like a mid grade in my opinion. And then you have, you know, the Maximus and the discoveries and stuff. You can really choose what you want. So if you want to plink in your backyard on the weekends with CO2, you can do that. If you want to go, you know, big game hunting in Africa, there's an option of an air gun for that too. Just the sheer availability of every application possible compared to 10, 15 years ago when you were really limited to what you were doing. Like the Farco air shotguns back in the day were the big bores. They were the biggest caliber you could get, uh, bulk CO2. And, you know, shooting, I actually have a Farco air shotgun. Probably the biggest surprise to me is the availability of every possible application, like the variety that's out there on the market. And also the power, because there are some pretty powerful ones coming out. And there's only so much power you can make with an air gun because of physics. But it's only a matter of time before somebody figures out how to go past that threshold if if somebody cares enough about it. So, so side note, guys, um, Rick, if I recall correctly, you were trying to kill a spider with your uh, <laughs> shotgun and you put salt in it. And you managed to shoot a hole in your ceiling. <laughs> right. Maybe. <laughs> I neither confirm nor deny this, but but yes, the FARC will shoot some table salt quite quite powerfully. Yeah, you think that uh that bug assault gun will will get rid of your fly? You buy one of those, man. <laughs> That's a funny story. Yes, that that is a very cool shotgun. Right before they came out with the I forget who came out with it, uh the name of the company it'll come to me in a second probably but they came out with these arrows that have 50 caliber o-rings basically on them to where you can shoot them out of a 50 caliber air gun and the air venturi air venturi yes yes shortly before those came out i'm not even kidding i took electrical tape and wrapped it around a couple extra arrows i had laying around some aluminum arrows and 
made it fit in the bore of the Farco, and I was actually shooting it into a tree, and it stabbed into the tree probably about six inches. So I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, it's it's a very versatile gun, but like I say, it's outdated. It's all handmade in the Philippines. Like you can see file marks and stuff on it. Wow. And I'm not even sure it's safe to put CO2 in it. Like I'm kind of, it's all brass construction. And Oh, hey man, <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta test the limits, but you gotta be safe, you know? So if for anyone out there yes. wrapping Being safe electrical well. tape around old arrows and shoving it into their air rifles, we do not condone that, nor do we take responsibility if you are harmed or cause injury to someone or something. All of this stuff has been done under the supervision of my inner adult. So <laughs> uh, I'm always worried about safety first, especially with pre-charged pneumatics. Like you got to really make sure there's no petroleum-based oils. Don't fill it with oxygen. Like a lot of people have done that. Like you really have to make sure you know what you're doing because it's very easy to become desensitized to filling stuff up with air. You know, you fill your, your, your mm -hmm. car tire up with air, but when you go up to such a higher pressure, um, the stuff can blow up and stuff yeah, can guys, hurt we're, you we're very easily. Like, so you know, 35 PSI in your car tires. We're, we're, we're talking with air rifles, like PCPs. We're talking like 3000 to 4,500 PSI. So this is like, you know, this is serious high pressure. So no, nothing to mess around with. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. This is something for people who, are professionals or are very experienced and proficient when dealing with these kinds of things. So that being said, be safe, wear eye protection. Well, and if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Just pay for someone else to do it or learn. There's a lot of people in the air gun industry that will help you learn the right yeah, way to do that's things. That's kind so. of blown me away it, with, with kind of becoming part of the air gun community is just how like supportive everyone is and just how willing people are to help or give tips or uh, their two cents about their experience with a certain round or rifle or whatever it is. So it's a super awesome community to be a part of things like the, the Rocky mountain air gun challenge, the pyramid cup, uh, those, those kinds of shooting events just look super fun. Looks like people have a blast, uh, whether you're participating or just spectating. But, uh, so before we end this episode, which has been awesome, where do you see air guns going in the future? Uh, you kind of touched on, you know, it's only a matter of time before someone ruins it for all of us. Um, so I guess that could be part of your answer, <laughs> which I, I totally agree with. I think it is a matter of time before people realize like, oh, wow, they can kill bison in, on the plains with these. Maybe they can kill other things that they shouldn't kill. But anyway, are they here to stay? Is this just a fad? What's your take on that? I see them becoming a lot more popular. I mean, Lewis and Clark had air guns. You had that on one of your posts as well. And they've been around since then. So I don't see them going away anytime soon. There's always still a need and a, a usage mm -hmm. for air guns. Um, there's always something that you can do with them. It's a really handy tool. And obviously the competition side, you know, they're pretty darn accurate too. So I see, I see the technology... Um, probably not going much further than it is. I don't know why I think that. I suppose it could, but I think more designs are going to come out, more mm -hmm. tactical style 
guns because I think that's what a lot of firearm shooters want to see. They want to see tactical. Um, I call it tactical. Hey, amen to that. Uh, so they'll want to see more neat looking guns that are eye catching, mm-hmm. like the Benjamin Bulldog, the the airbow, you know, that type of thing. So the more futuristic they get, I think the more people we can interest in it. So I see it growing and especially with the National Rifle League opening up a temporary air gun class in the rimfire division and with the Rocky Mountain Air Gun Challenge, all that stuff, I think it could potentially really grow into something that's a mainstay essentially. So I hope it goes I, I, that I'm way. I'm with you fully. I, I think it's awesome. Everyone should give it a go you know, try, try out some air guns, but, uh, so Rick, what would be the advice you would give to someone, uh, contemplating getting into air guns? Where would you recommend they start, you know, which air gun or which, uh, category of air gun and so on? What would you say to someone who's contemplating, maybe even someone who's wanting to cross over from firearms or they're not sure like uh i don't know air rifles i got my 308 i can kill it a thousand yards what's something you would (laughs) would say to them i would say if you're if you're into big game hunting with high power rifles find something similar in weight and size and feel to your hunting gun and actually use the air gun to practice in the off season practice in your backyard your basement that way you can become more proficient with your hunting firearm. So you can, you know, when the time comes to make that shot, you're more proficient just with general gun handling and scope alignment and everything. So, you know, it's, it's really application based again. Like if you want to plink in your backyard, don't buy something so cheap that you're <laughs> going to hate life, you know, every time you try and use it, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you want to plink in the backyard. Don't go spend $2,000 on an FX impact that you're going to use once a year because there's just no need to so um find a find a gun in your budget that you can afford comfortably and if you don't want to use a hand pump you're going to be spending a lot more money unless you have connections with a dive shop to fill a scuba tank so uh, pre-charging matics i i feel are more for the advanced air gunner moderate Mm -hmm. to advanced i guess you could say if you're starting out brake barrels are good I don't really like brake barrels myself. I would rather use a multi-pump pneumatic like a Benjamin or a, you know, a Crossman, even a Crossman 760. I actually yeah. have a modified 760. It's kind of a <laughs> joke, kind of a joke, but even something like that is plenty of power. You know, if you're, if you're looking to go after rabbits and squirrels, keep it, you know, 600 feet per second or higher so that you can make the most efficient kill hunting wise. And, you get what you pay for is, is I guess the final piece of advice I would offer. If you're going to pay 20 bucks for an air gun, it's going to give you $20 worth of service. Whereas, you know, you spend 300 to 500, that's going to give you a lot more bang for your buck. True. 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 (laughs) I I am learning that myself and I'm only, you know, four or five years into the game. That being said, I think there's a lot that people can take from this episode, a lot they can chew on. Like I said, guys, if you have work that needs to be done on an air gun or you want just advice or someone else's take someone who's really knowledgeable in this field rick is your guy check out my post for this on instagram i'm going to tag him in it uh, so you can just click on that and then you guys can be in contact with him for any air gun inquiries that you might have and if he doesn't know he'll point you to someone who does so he's a great resource it has been a great episode probably the best one so far because it's been more than just yeah. me talking. Um, 
and I sound like I <laughs> just hit puberty a couple hours ago. Uh, follow him and stay tuned for the air gun shop and business that he may or may not have in the works. Feel free to direct message me on Instagram. If you have questions, I will try and help you as best I can. Just know that Instagram and my YouTube are not my own, my only job. So I actually have technically two other jobs. So bear with me. I will try and help you as much as I can. We are just (laughs) average dudes trying to go above and beyond what the average dudes do and pursue our passions with air guns, podcasts, YouTube channels, drifting trikes, which by the way, I would love to ride. Thanks for tuning into this episode, guys. We'll be back with more. So share this, like this, comment, tell me I suck. Talk about how dreamy Rick's voice is. You get what you pay for. I think that's a good lesson. So peace out. Hope you enjoyed this episode. God bless. Stay safe while you're shooting, guys.